0: You're listening to All The Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Vanessa Diaz. This is episode 377.5. And today I'm going to tell you about a few backlist titles for Hispanic Heritage Month. But before we get into that, let's hear from our sponsor. So I was really jazzed when I saw that it was time for me to record another episode of All the Backlist and that my episode lands on Friday, September 16th, because a couple of reasons, the 15th and 16th happen to be the Independence Day of several Latin American countries. I, as you probably know by now, am Mexican-American, and it is Mexican Independence Day on today, the 16th. So I did indeed consider opening this podcast with a good old Mexican grito, but figured I would have some more respect for your eardrums than that. <laughs> and second reason, of course, is because it is Hispanic heritage. Month as of the 15th. I do also just really quickly want to acknowledge that not everybody likes the term Hispanic Heritage Month. There's some thought that it should be maybe changed to Latinx or His Heritage Month. Um, there's lots of complex things to explore there. This podcast is probably not the place to do those. But what I do know is that I love to celebrate today, this month and year round, the work of Hispanic, Latine, Latinx authors. And so that's what we're going to do today. First up is a collection that I have read before and that I was recently compelled to pick up because I saw the paperback on the table at my local indie, and that is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. And this book is just so good. Oh my gosh. Trigger warnings for this book. I do definitely remember there being mentions of partner abuse and of sexual assault. It's been a while since I read the collection all the way through in its entirety, though, so I don't remember all of the trigger warnings and how graphic they get. So definitely approach the book with caution if that is an issue for you. Carmen Maria Machado. I'm actually going to read this one part from the publisher copy because it is just perfectly encapsulates what she does with this collection, and that is that she blithely demolishes the arbitrary borders between psychological realism and science fiction, comedy and horror, fantasy and fabulism. And if I had to describe it in my own words, it's like she takes all of these genres and feelings and vibes and emotions and just melts them down in a pot and then like just shoves her hand into that mixture and then whips it out and flings the drippings from her fingertips onto the wall and like, that's her art. And (laughs) I just absolutely reenacted that (laughs) that you can't see. And I don't know that that metaphor even curls all the way over. I, it's just, she makes me tongue tied. And I love this particular collection so, so much. I'm going to tell you about a few of my favorite stories. There's this one that I believe is called Inventory now that I think about it, where she, a woman interview, not interviews, but inventories. Again, I always mess up words at least once in my podcast recordings. Uh, she inventories her sexual encounters with lots of different people. As this this plague basically is going through and demolishing humanity slowly, but very, very surely. And through these interactions that are sometimes just as sparse as like a few sentences, sometimes a little longer, we just learn so much about connection and like our ne- our need to connect with other people, about loneliness, about identity like it just the structure of the story is really what got me but how you how much you learn through the course of what very much at first just feels kind of like a laundry list of the people that someone has slept with that are ultimately so revelatory at the end when you get to like where you know this is heading it is also super triggering because it's you know talking about a plague and quarantining and having to check like physically check the people you're interacting with to make sure they're not about to give you a disease that will kill you and for, you know, living in this really unfortunate intersection of, you know, COVID monkey pox, possibly polio. Like, of course, it's, you might have some feelings reading the story, but it is such a wonderful story, even in spite of all that, that, again, it's just like that human connection thing. There's a novella-length story called Especially Heinous that many of you may already know, you know, where I'm headed with this, in which Machado reimagines, you know, every episode – basically, of Law and Order SVU, but, like, takes it to a whole different place that only Carmen Maria Machado's brain can, and that's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) The story that really slapped me in the face, though, so much that I, like, very melodramatically had to put the book down at a coffee shop and just, like, think about it and then text friends about it, like, the whole nine, is called The Husband Stitch. It's the first story in the collection. It is sort of a reimagining of the... Uh, horror story slash urban legend of the girl with the green ribbon. I think that's what it's called. If not, it's, you know, very close to that. And it's about this woman who meets, I think, at a high school party, her, like, you know, high school sweetheart, who she does eventually, you know, go on to marry quite quickly. And they spend the rest of their lives together. It is one of those that the connection was like white hot from the moment they met they get down to the get down, you know, physically. And then the rest of their marriage is like this. Like they're both very voraciously into each other physically. It is a very consensual and like deeply satisfying, you know, sexual relationship that they both have with each other. Lots of sexy times in this story, but it's told interspersed with like, Oh, have you heard the one about where you hear like a story and maybe even like urban legend about a woman, usually a mother or wife, and so you're getting, you're seeing her marriage as it progresses, and what is ostensibly a very good marriage. It's they, you know, relatively a relationship of equals. They both are again have a really great sex life, but they also, like, he's a good father and a good partner in so many ways. But the one thing that is like, you know, kink in the armor is. That she has this green ribbon around her neck and from the day they've met, she's like, the one thing I ask you, like, I will give of myself body and soul to you in all the ways, but do not ask me about the ribbon and do not touch the ribbon. And so, of course, this husband who she loves deeply and who in so many ways is, you know, like the perfect partner does from time to time still try to unravel the ribbon, to touch the ribbon, ask her about the ribbon. And this story, again, just smacked me so hard in the face. I had to sit and like read discourse about it online to like see if other people were picking up the things that I was, because it just says so much about what we as women like get to keep for ourselves, about boundary setting and how we are or not allowed to put those up, about what safe spaces really look like and spaces that we think are safe are often not, how even, you know, the good ones can often really, really hurt us and make those spaces unsafe. And it's just so fantastic that, again, I did the dramatic, like, I have to, you know, put this down and, like, stare off into the sky while I ponder the meaning of life. (laughs) But that's the kind of writing that Carmen, Carmen Maria Machado is capable of. So pick up that story collection. So good. Again, that's Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. Moving right along is The Vicious Deep by Soraya de Cordova, which is a story that I'm absolutely including because I just saw the live or the trailer for the new live action remake of The Little Mermaid starring the ridiculously talented Halle Bailey. If you have any feelings besides good ones about her casting in that, just kindly take a seat. Uh, if you are on board and would like to have even more mermaid fun, let me tell you about this merman story. It's so much fun. It's this fantasy. Um, I met Soraya de Córdoba at Book Riot Live. R.I.P. The, the event that once was um, in New York City after hearing her speak on a panel. And then I found out that she writes urban fantasy about brujas. And so I was like, yep, I'm in line. I'm going to go get her, you know, have her sign my books. And then, of course, you know, she was lovely, but she was all sold out of all the Brooklyn brujas books. And so I was like, well, what else can I buy to support you? She's like, well, this is the series that, like, really kicked off my career I believe in, in general maybe, or maybe specifically in YA but it's this collection the first of which is The Vicious Deep it's about a teen a boy named Tristan who lives in Coney Island he is a lifeguard he's like a very I'm sexy and I know it haughty character And he, again, is a lifeguard. He is lifeguarding one day um, that's got, you know, perfect weather. It's like sunny skies. The seas are calm. Everything looks great. When in an instant, very unpredictably, something just changes and the tides turn. The seas become choppy. The sky turns like an ugly color. And then he sees that someone is in need of assistance. Someone appears to be drowning. So he goes out to, like, you know, do the lifeguard thing. And then, boom, wakes up. Three days later in a hospital with very little to no recollection of how he got there, like what happened. All he knows is that he's got this really intense, like itching rash on his legs and I think like neck and shoulders. So like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, my good sir, my brother in Christ, what's happening is that you're turning into a mermaid, a merman. <laughs> and of course, this is shocking to him, and he has to eventually tell his parents. And that's when his mom is like, Ah, pero se me olvidó decirte, I forgot to tell you that. By the way, yes, you are indeed half mermaid. <laughs> he finds out that his father is human, but that his mother is a mer person. She left the seas behind, to, like you know, come be with her her husband her partner and also by the way in addition to the fact that you just found out you're like a dude you are also the grandson of like the king of the sea sea king and also there's this challenge that's been issued and you have to go partake and win it because you're like gonna inherit this title of you know sea king and like hijinks ensue it is just it's a ride it's so much fun there's like a romantic subplot it's very Sea adventure and get a little bit cliffhangery. You've got, you know, two more books to make it through. It's like a competition. It's just so, it's so fun. It's so much fun. And it's a series that I don't actually see talked about very much anymore as Soraya Gordova's career has progressed, you know, which of course I love for her. Um, I love the Brooklyn Brujas series. I love the Inheritance of Orquilla Divina and the Incendiary books, but I don't see as many people talking about, you know, this series, which really was really, really huge for her at one point. So if you want to have some fun with some mer people, uh, definitely check out The Vicious Deep, which is the first in this series by Zoraida Cordoba. And last but not least, yes, I'm sneaking in a third. I have a few minutes. We're going to do this, <laughs> is an Afro-Latina author whose work I super love, and that is Aya de Leon. And this book specifically is A Spy in the Struggle. I wanted to include this today because Aya de Leon actually has a middle grade debut out, I believe now, and that's called Undercover Latina. And it is, again, a middle grade book. It's about this middle grade or a Latina teen spy, not a middle grade spy, but sure, a middle grade spy who goes undercover as a white girl to stop this white supremacist terrorist plot. And like I've heard from many people that the audiobook is great, so I can't wait to get into that. But A Spy on the Struggle is a spy thriller about feminism and climate change and corporate justice. And so the main character is Yolanda Vance. She has been hustling all her life to try to get the hell out of poverty. She makes it through prep school. She makes it through Harvard Law. And now she's working at this muy, very fancy, prestigious like New York law firm. And then one day, that law firm gets raided. It turns out that her corrupt bosses are, you know, corrupt. <laughs> so she has to basically give them up to save her career and then kind of gets voluntold to work for the FBI and quickly learns that they want to send her undercover a job that she is absolutely not trained or ready for. But the FBI wants to basically have her infiltrate this teen activist group back in her college town that they have labeled as an extremist group. Yolanda wants more than anything really just to put this case to bed. You know, she wants to get to the bottom of things, get that W, go back to corporate law, you know, vamonos. Pero the group claims that this biotech corporation that's being funded by the Pentagon is doing major damage and like exploiting the neighborhood. And then this like romantic entanglement happens, and then a suspicious death happens, and Yolanda's just starting to have a lot of questions about, you know, what's really real? Like what what should she do? What is the truth? Who is lying? Who is telling the truth? I mean, her choices really come down to, like, does she betray her community, you know, her people, the people that made her? Or, or does she make enemies out of one of the most, you know, powerful, powerful, <laughs> powerful um, organizations, you know, in the world, in the FBI? It's just so fun. It's 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 great. I loved I've said this so many times and will continue to say it, that I grew up reading so much mystery. I loved cozies. I love spy thrillers. I love all things like espionage and heisty, but it took a real long time to get to see myself in some of these books. And it's, it's just so nice to see so many of the genres of book that I thought I was never going to see myself in now written by all these fantastic Latina writers. And so there are three of them for you today that I hope you will explore and celebrate, not just today, not just in this month, but, you know, year round, like I mentioned. And that will do it. Thank you so much to this week's sponsor, and thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink, for all that she does to make us sound pure and pristine when we very, very often are not. <laughs> thank you as well to the listeners for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com, and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or you can just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlists and you want to show us a little love, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We really appreciate those reviews since, of course, they help other book lovers come find us. And if you want to find me, I am mostly on the gram these days at Buenos D.S.S.D. That's B-U-E-N-O-S-D-I-A-Z-S-D. And until next time, happy reading.